Today on Rooted Daily, we ask if the gospel sparks joy. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're going to tackle the Netflix sensation of Marie Kondo and her mission to change our lives by decluttering our homes. You know, I got around to watching a, a few episodes a couple weeks ago when I was visiting Lauren, and I'll admit that I went into the show a, a little apprehensively. You know, all I knew about Kondo was that she said you could have no more than 30 books in your home, and I knew that philosophy was never going to work for me. But you know, all in all, I think that the show's fine, and it illustrates her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, pretty well. And her philosophy, it basically states, that we should go through our possessions and ask ourselves a basic question. Does this spark joy in you? If yes, keep it. If no, throw it into the donation pile. And that's simple enough. And it, it taps into a counter movement to the rampant materialism of our culture. You know, YouTube right now, it's full of people moving from their 2,000 square foot double story box homes to tiny homes or RVs to live a life of minimalism. You know, what a concept, though. Physical possessions can't guarantee happiness. It's almost like we've heard something like that before. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have because Jesus is the original anti-materialist. One of the consistent themes of his teaching was to reject the, the temporal stuff of the world and work for things that are eternal. He told the parable of the rich fool, who for all intents and purposes is representative of most people, at least in the Western world. And Luke chapter 7, we read, Jesus told them this parable, you know, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. You know, all Jesus needed was uh, a nice woman, a sweet woman to, to follow him along and ask this rich man, does all this grain really spark joy for you? And, and we could have had a, a Netflix special on our hands. But in all seriousness, Jesus is giving a, a pretty grim wake-up call to many of us here. He says the consequences of materialism, of, of working to just have more stuff for the sake of it, instead of working to be rich towards God, the consequences of that are more than just the, the stress and aggravation that comes with clutter. You know, Jesus tells us that barns and, and grain, they're all temporal. And when we spend our time collecting temporal things— we risk neglecting or replacing the eternal things. Now, this is where I think that the, the KonMari version of minimalism and the gospel diverge to a degree. You know, I'll call the doctrine that, that Jesus teaches us anti-materialism because storing up stuff on earth just for the sake of storing up stuff is sinful. And Jesus is naturally opposed to all sin. But I think that's a little different from minimalism the way we understand it in an important way. Minimalism is still focused on stuff, just less stuff. Minimalists, they still cherish physical things, temporal things. And in fact, because they, they've whittled their possessions down to whatever sparks joy, perhaps they're even more attached to what remains. 
You know, I don't think Jesus cares if we live in a house on our own plot of land or in the back of some renovated old school bus. He doesn't care if our shirts are in a pile on the floor waiting for laundry day or folded up methodically in a drawer. Jesus cares less about what we have and how much we have, but why we have it. You know, right after this parable, Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or about your body, what you'll wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Jesus says, the most basic resource we have, it's not water, it's not food, it's not even oxygen. It is time. Run out of time and nothing else matters. Nothing we do, no matter how many Netflix documentaries we watch, is actually going to add time to our lives. They might help us waste less time or be more efficient with our time, but not actually add it. And Jesus continues in verse 27, Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Don't worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. So because of what the disciples heard in the parable of the rich man who had his barns, they should know that time is limited. No amount of worrying is going to change that. So stop worrying. It's that simple. He doesn't say worry less or own less or declutter. He says stop worrying about physical things altogether. That's what the pagans do. They worry and worry about whether they have enough grain or enough barns to store it in to eat, drink, and be merry. And those things, they're important, sure. And we need to take care of our bodies physically as much as we do spiritually. And God knows that. When we seek his kingdom first, the rest will fall into place. We may not have everything we want or everything even that we think we need, but we will gain eternal security. Finally, Jesus concludes in verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a, a, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There isn't a simpler or, or more powerful call to declutter than that. Again, I think Netflix really missed out on a, a real opportunity here to make a documentary. Jesus, he's not just asking us to go through our possessions and make an annual donation to Goodwill or asking if the things that we're storing up spark joy. He says, sell it all. You don't really need it. You could be on a deserted island with nothing to survive on, not food, not water, not even a coconut to keep you company. And Jesus would say, you still have all you need. 
You know, talk about packing light and decluttering. In the early church, this was exemplified over and over again. Barnabas, for example, gives this incredible uh, gesture of selling his field to provide for his needy friends when he had the opportunity. He reduced what he had, not necessarily because owning that field was a bad thing, but because Jesus' church had a need and Barnabas knew he could help. That's truly the foundation of biblical anti-materialism and what makes it different from our popular understanding of minimalism. Biblical anti-materialism, it doesn't just ask us to limit what we own to a few prized possessions. It tells us to be ready to lose it all when we need to. In Acts chapter 5, right after we're told about the, the generosity of Barnabas, Luke tells the story of another man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira, who also sold a piece of their property to use the money for the work of the church. The only difference was they kept some of that money back for themselves, and they lied to the church about it. And their possessions, they meant so much to them, they couldn't stomach parting with all of it. They, they could reduce, but they could not trust Jesus enough to sacrifice everything. And Peter told them, knowing what they had done, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourselves some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And when Ananias heard this, he fell down and he died. And the same thing happened to his wife. You know, Peter made it clear to Ananias that it's all right to have physical possessions. Having stuff is fine, but loving that stuff more than what is truly important is sin. Marie Kondo's call to reduce and to declutter and to tidy up, it's probably a, a timely nudge to a world that has its teeth so thoroughly sunk into material comforts. You know when there's reality shows that where about hoarding, where people's homes are literally condemned because they couldn't stop collecting junk, that there's a major problem in our culture. You know, we keep collecting and collecting things we simply don't need or even want simply for the sake of having them. And minimalism is certainly an improvement to that. But the Bible has an even better solution to materialism. You know, Paul writes in 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Christians don't find contentment in our possessions on earth. Where moths and vermin and thieves break in and steal, as Jesus put it, we can be satisfied with a shirt on our back and some bread, or even less than that, because we know that none of it will pass with us through the grave. It doesn't matter if we were hoarders or minimalists, however much or little we have will rot with our bodies. So don't find your joy in those temporal things of this world, but in the eternal news of Jesus Christ. As Jesus asked, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually using the Word of God as your only foundation. 
That's why we release these episodes every weekday, so you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com.